0: Hey, John Harris here with the Rock Metal Podcast. Join me as we get to go behind the scenes into what goes into producing records and making music as we interview some of our favorite and soon-to-be-favorite bands. Today, we're chatting with Ronnie McCrory of Words That Burn. For fans of Parkway Drive, Bring Me the Horizon, and Architects will be chatting about Words That Burn's new album, Cutthroat Culture, produced, mixed, and mastered by Josh Schroeder. We'll get to hear the story about how all of that came to be, what Ronnie learned working with the legendary producer, and so much more. So please stay tuned to the very end. But first, let's check in with our beautiful sponsors. Asher Media Relations, doing public relations for everything loud. For your band needs to be seen and heard in print, online, and radio. Head over to AsherMediaRelations.com. That's AsherMediaRelations.com. Mention the Rock Metal Podcast and get your band noticed. Syndicall Music is a full service agency for musicians, offering record label services, marketing, branding, production, and management. Head over to syndicallmusic.com. That's syndicallmusic.com. S y n d i c o l music.com. Mention the Rock Metal Podcast and take your music career to the next level. Ronnie, thank you so much for coming on. Go ahead and say hi to all of our beautiful listeners. Hi, everybody. All right, great to have you on. Hopefully, we can throw out some words that burn today. And uh, awesome. Yeah, and this cutthroat culture, baby. All right, let's talk about this record, Cutthroat Culture. What was the greatest moment for you producing this record? I think
1: having it finished was probably one of the pinnacle uh, kind of moments. took a long took a long while, it took a long while to, to get it done. We kind of we recorded it primarily throughout COVID. You know, so we were kind of recording our parts remotely and then kind of putting it all together, kind of in our in our guitarist studio. Um but the biggest thing was securing Josh Schroeder as producer. That was absolutely amazing because he's done some of our favorite bands. Like he's um going ashore being like the biggest one, like King A ten, or buddies from Detroit of uh, Virtue. So having him on board was absolutely just icing on the cake. It really was.
0: Oh, very cool. Let's talk about that. Follow up question is actually you know, I got another follow-up question we'll probably touch base with uh, having Josh Rutter as a producer because that's obviously a big one for you and I can tell it means a lot for yeah. you and for the band yeah. um, but working primarily during COVID getting things done remotely then putting it together in the guitarist studio how did that all work was it challenging was it uh, rewarding is it something that you'll do again in the future how did it all work <sighs>
1: Lucky, Luckily enough, we all have our own little kind of like studios in our houses, you know, just for, you know, primarily for just demoing ideas and so on. But when the kind of the, the, the isolation and all that kind of came in, like we knew we wanted to do this album anyway, but it, it was just bad timing, <laughs> you know. So um, Shane, our, our guitar player who um, has our main studio in his house, he just worked on a lot of kind of um, ideas musically and would bounce them over to myself. And then I kind of work on the vocals or at least the vocal ideas, like, you know, the patterns and so on. And then we kind of bounced back and forth, like until we thought the song was at least structurally solid, you know, and then we'd, um, we'd help uh, JR on bass and Jason do his drum thing as well. So like, it was actually quite interesting to do that because sometimes when you're on your own, you can kind of just like, there's no noise, you know, so you can kind of like really kind of get stuck into your ideas and all that kind of stuff. Whereas if there's four people in the room and they're all kind of sharing ideas, you know, some, sometimes something's going to get kind of muddled, you know. So if, from that point of view, it was, was it worked out quite well because I think it's probably our most solid, or definitely our most solid album to date. So, you know, there's definitely something to be said for it. And we we took a lot of time doing it as well. You know, I think with the last album, we kind of had it done, you know, kind of, you know six months from in from inception to finished you know whereas this was a year longer so um it's like we've started throwing ideas around for the the next ep or next album and we're kind of doing it this way as well so it like it, it obviously works
0: yeah yeah we might even touch base on that one again but <clears throat> working independently has its advantages and remotely to to that sense and um, throwing out some ideas for the next EP or album and potentially even working the same way, even though you don't have to, but that's one of the cool things, the blessing in disguise,
1: I guess you could say, of the situation. Um, I think so, yeah. I think so. Um, and I'm not just talking about from my own point of view. I'm talking about like from Shane's point of view, from Jerry's point of view, like when he's um when he's putting his bass parts to a song, like, you know, it's kinda like you can just get really get stuck into it. You know, and try out like multiple different ideas for multiple, for different sections or whatever, you know, rather than kind of someone sitting beside him going, this is the riff, you know, <laughs> so he'll, he'll kind of like, um, he'll just get into it, like, you know, maybe try to harmonize along with Shane's guitar instead of just playing the same, you know, so it's really, really good to kind of like spend hours and hours on your own, just kind of getting into a mindset or a headspace of your own, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. What well, was the biggest challenge for you on this
1: record? I suppose the polar opposite of that is we couldn't get into a room together, <laughs> you know. So you know, it's it's really good to get kind of have an idea and then go into the band room and jam it out just in the practice room and just jam it. And sometimes it, there might be just one little you know nugget of gold there that you could potentially become a, a, a song, you know. Whereas when you're isolated away from each other, you don't have that little kind of magic spot you know that little kind of the, the, you know you can't be around each other so that was probably the most difficult thing from for from a recording point of view is that we didn't get to kind of just trash out the bits now in saying that the back and forth between say myself and shane in terms of structuring the songs um like for each song that could have taken months you know so we didn't just kind of like settle so we tried out loads of different ideas you, you know, kind of like in terms of verse lengths, chorus lengths, you know, kind of middle parts, intros, and all, just to kind of see what worked. You know, I didn't let it breathe for maybe a month and then come back to see if it still kind of sounded that like
0: good. Yeah. Something you mentioned was letting things breathe, you know, for a, for a month or so. Would you say that was another sort of benefit to having that much time to work on the record was that you could come back? to certain things and go ooh, you know what maybe that wasn't the best idea but it could have been released already if it had been you know say a normal situation
1: absolutely yeah and i think it, it was a lesson that we kind of um that we can t- definitely take away from that process you know um is that just to let the songs breathe because when you hear something new you're you get excited about it you know and then you know you like as you said like six months down the road it could be released whereas with this like you know we probably went through two or three four or five different variations of the same song over the course of a year you know just to kind of make sure we had we had it right like i mean just to, to make sure when we, when we came back to it after not listening for a month or so that it, it, it was still exciting and i think that's it's more, like i mean that's, that's exciting to us <laughs> you know like i mean that we were still kind of you know, uh, we were still kind of really kind of buzzed about like, the, the song and how it felt and how it was, how it sounded. And that's even before we sent it over to, to Josh. We, we wanted to make sure that the songs were as good as they could be from, to the best of our capabilities before we sent them over to Josh because we knew that he was going to get into it as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned something very important there. You know, everything is exciting when it's new. Everything is exciting when it's loud. But take a few days, a few weeks, even, it sounds like, a longer time. Come back to it. Listen to it at a normal, regular volume. Does it still excite the crap out of you? Because you're the one who's got to play it. Um, And then sending it off to the producer. And it sounds like Josh was incredibly supportive. Wasn't one of those producers where you're like, you send it off. You're super excited. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. Is
1: that? <laughs> <laughs> i probably would i probably would have cried if that had happened uh, like he did he did have uh, like you know notes for for each song he's he gave us a lot of guidance going forward as well you know so like it was it was such a good experience to work with someone who is at the top of their game really you know and for you know four boys from a small town in the east of ireland like i mean it's a very very big deal for us to have somebody who's that well renowned who's just like it's such a good songwriter as well, you know, because like I, I know that he's he, he writes songs with bands like King A Ten, and I, I I think he might have done quoting this, kind of got stuck into the songwriting with Lauren Shore as well. But um just to have his wisdom was just absolutely amazing because normally we'd be, we'd be kind of like you know, this is the song, that's it. You know? And then when you have somebody kind of saying, well, maybe this, or maybe that, or like, you know, in the, in the music, he might've like taken some of the, let's say sense up or brought some down or taken them out or added something new in, you know, stuff that we wouldn't have imagined doing, like, cause you're still, sometimes just, you're just too close Yeah, to the song. Like, I mean, so like, it, what he brought to, to, fundamentally to the to the table was he gave the song its each song its own identity. You know, and like you know, it, it, its own kind of this new feel that like that we um we just as I said, we just probably couldn't see because uh we were just so close to the demo, let's say. mm
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Well that, that's a funny <clears throat> Funny way, it's too close to the song, something else that comes to mind is now that he has the experience of watching Lorna Shore explode, Butcher Babies explode, King 810 explode, Tala explode, he's watched these bands yeah. explode, and he knows the formula, he knows the recipe. It's just like going into the kitchen, you're know, you not going to, oh, how do I make a cake today? Like, No, you're going to follow the rules so that you get a cake out of the freaking oven. You know, mm-hmm. so therefore he's got, as you said, that wisdom to look at something and say, actually, structurally, it would make more sense and sell more records if you did it this way, or you know, whatever the case might be, or it might hit harder if you do it this way. I mean, I know making money is not important to you at all, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> sure. Sure. What's the what's, what's the what's, what's the rock and roll answer to that question? What's, no, we're, we're not even. No, yeah. like I mean, it, it's great. It's great like to see your album sell. You know, you know, it's 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 great to see people kind of listen to you on on social media. It's great to see people giving you kudos for your 2 years of hard work. But you don't go into it with that attitude, you know? Okay. I think that would, that, that would kind of just get in the way. I think because mm-hmm. then you're writing you're writing for the wrong reason, I think. Sure. Okay.
0: Let's chat about themes on this record. I didn't get anything from Blood Blaster Believe. Um as far as what kind of themes you know, lyrically went into the record, and I believe I'm chatting with the right guy. What's going into this record? Is this a, a pandemic record, or is it something different than that?
1: Um, I think it's probably the most... I feeling you're going to ask this, actually. Um, it's probably the most observational album, lyrically, that we've done. Um, there's only probably one song that's personal and the rest is just kind of watching the world go by kind of thing. You know, when I say watching the world go by, I mean like, you know, during the pandemic, I think a lot of people spend more time on their phones. I know I did. Like, you know, and, you, know you kind of just see how things change and people interact with each other and, you know, kind of like information you're given, information you're receiving, information you're absorbing and how you kind of react and respond to that or how different people different people uh, react and respond to that and it's kind of it's it's not really choosing any sides it's just kind of like how I particular how I felt on that, any particular day that's kind of so if I was writing dental lines for example if I was doing the the lyrics for that if I felt really kind of pissed off about certain things that's what it that song's gonna be about I didn't go in particularly to write the song with any topic in mind it was just like if sh- if Shane sent me over music or was listen- listening back to the to the music and I was just totally I don't know if I can swear or not can I swear? Sure, go ahead. Okay, if I was totally fucked off about it. something that I read, like you know, which generally which normally wouldn't get to me, that'll be that'll be kind of like the the catalyst, you know? Um so yeah, like it's all it's not all bad either. <laughs> it's just that that like it's just it's more, as I said, more observational. Bar one song.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, that one song though.
1: It's called Michael. So it's a, my my uncle died during COVID. So that was I had I had the lyrics to to what would become Michael, um, already written and was completely different. It was more in line with the rest of the the album kind of thing and. I didn't have them completely completely finished, but then when when he passed away, I was lying on the sofa for listening to the music and something just sparked me that the the chorus came to me and I said, right, i are going to have to rewrite, complete rewrite, because this just came out of me in about you know, 20 minutes, I had the song written, you know, so the rest of them kind of, there was a little bit more kind of editorial <laughs> in the rest of the songs. <laughs> yeah, but uh, with this one, I just like I knew if if whatever was whatever lyrics were coming to me, they were the most honest. So I wanted to keep them that way. Right?
0: Yeah, honest, onyx lyric, on, onyx lyrics, honest lyrics, baby. Now something you did mention was you know not going into a song with an idea in mind. Does the outcome then of the of the music surprise you when when you're done working on your lyrics? Sometimes,
1: yeah. Sometimes it does. Um, I. I don't like. I'm not a big reader, (laughs) and you know, I like. I I don't really kind of have like a a vision for a song when I hear the music straight away. Sometimes I just start start writing, you know, and then an idea will kind of formulate, and then I'll I'll kind of work on that a little bit more. Um, So, yeah, like I I don't go in saying like that music is definitely a song about this. You know, it's just like you know when and. It kind of comes more when, um, just like humming the melodies, you know, or, or or doing my kind of like demo vocals, and I like you might kind of it's normally gibberish, and like you might you might hear something that sounds like a word, and then you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. I'm just gonna write a sentence around this word, and that and then that might set the 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 kind of tone or the subject matter for the rest of it. But if on the flip side of the coin, if um. Really, again, like, you know, fucked off about something, you know, and I can squeeze that into the context of a song, I probably will.
0: More to come, but let's go ahead and check in with our beautiful sponsors. Two Madsen is responsible for producing, mixing, and mastering some of the best metal for over the last 20 years. From Meshuggah to The Haunted to Poison Black, Kemper Profiler packs for guitar players, and Easy Drummer Expansion packs for programming drums. Two Madsen can take your production to a level previously unheard. Head over to twomadsen.com. That's twomadsen.com. T-U-E-M-A-D-S-E-N. Click contact, fill out the info for your next project, and let Two know that the Rock Metal Podcast sent you. Wormhole Death is a modern record label, publishing and film production company born in 2008 Getting signed to this label means global distribution, publishing, and marketing with Wormhole Death's roster of global partnerships. Head over to Wormholedeath.com. That's Wormhole Submit your band and let them know the Rock Metal Podcast sent you. How would you define success at this stage of your career?
1: Well, I think when you when we kind of put something out, when you put some art out into the world, like I mean it's if people kind of connect with it probably more than anything else, you know, so if I was, I was reading an, 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 a piece about James Hetfield the other day and it was somebody asked him, what does that song mean? And then his response was, well, what does it mean to you? And I think I was like, yeah, that's actually probably more eloquent than what my answer would be. But like, if that's, to me, probably the most importantly, like, if somebody comes up to me and says that song is effing brilliant, I love that. That course, this is like that's to me is probably what makes me feel good about it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not, and it's not looking for kudos, but it, like if somebody kind of connects with it, like you know, if somebody kind of reads the words and then like it connects with them, if you said, spiritually. If it connects with them, kind of like gives them gives them goosebumps or makes them want to kind of like throw down or whatever, like you know, let that that throw it out. I mean, just like for crazy. Um, then I think job done for me. Yeah.
0: Very cool. I'll start getting into some questions that I have some time for. One of them is let's go back to Josh Schroeder. It sounds like you guys have a lot of things or you anyway, have a lot of things to say about working with him goes into the uh, working remotely, uh, part of it, you mentioned snagging him as a producer was great. Just take us through something that was, I guess, remarkable for you that you want other musicians to hear. I mean, personally, I'm like, you snagged him. What does that even mean? Or it could be something that he worked with you on your vocals, or something that you you know changed your life.
1: Well, firstly, we fr- friends of ours, um, they're a band from Detroit called Of Virtue, worked with Josh on. Not their their last record, the one before that. And the production of it Completely Blew Us Away. So we kind of, whenever we kind of got right in the, whenever we got into this new album, we kind of said we have to ask Josh if he'll work with us, you know. And we kind of expected a no, because who the hell are these guys, you know? You know, we're like, we're not on the same level as any any of the other bands that he works with. But he came back and said yes. So (laughs) firstly, that was life changing for me. And <laughs> um, I guess how we how he kind of brought the songs to to life. You know, how we gave them like their as I said before, their their identity, how he just kind of made us sound the best that we could. You know, that um that was absolutely incredible. And the, we were we were chatting with him kind of back and forth uh, through the process, which was amazing as well. But um, he he just gave us like a lot of advice going forward. Like I mean, kind of talking about stripping songs down to maybe just an acoustic guitar and writing a song that way, and then building the adding the the the, the, the building blocks onto that. Like I mean, the, the heavier guitars and you know the heavier vocals and, and like you know synths and all that kind of stuff. You know, so like. We never have approached a song that way before. But um I wrote I did a piano song and I sent it off to Shane and he brought it back with the guitars and stuff and it sounds amazing. So like it was that was um, a new avenue for us to explore, which I thought was uh really, really cool. Yeah.
0: It reminds me of an interview with and I've just lost his name, Mike something from Social Distortion. Um, which I guess shows my age. But nevertheless, uh they get together and they write campfire songs on acoustic guitars and they, wow. make, they make sure that there's their stand on their own two legs as a campfire song and then they bring in as he puts it the les pauls and the marshalls you know so um
1: makes sense yeah it, it definitely makes sense because i think what kind of what matters a lot to me is sorry but hiccups sure sorry um is that Like A a good song is a good song regardless if it's on the acoustic guitar or on like full band, you know? And if you can strip a heavy song back to a guitar or piano and it still has the same effect or vice versa, then you know it's a good song. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Okay, a song is a good song whether it's on a piano or a guitar or whatever you've got going with it. You know what I mean? That's fantastic, (laughs) yeah. I mean, if there's one thing we could take away from working with Josh Schroeder aside from the, you know, how do I want to phrase it? We could say production quality, but that's part of being a good producer is saying, you know what, I'm gonna put one microphone in this room, and if it doesn't work with one microphone, it ain't gonna work with a hundred microphones. So
1: yeah, I, I, if if I used to read into what his advice would be, like, I mean, like, I guess you can interpret it that way for sure. You know, as um, as as I, as I said, uh, you know, I think a, you know, a good, a good song is something that can be kind of transposing in, in, in um, many platforms or many, with, or many different or, orchestrations.
0: Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Okay. I think we've asked all of our questions. Would you, one other question I kind of have potentially in, in mind, if you have time is because you were able to work on your own remotely, if there was any gear that you may have used that kind of surprised you or you know, was, you know, crucial to, you know, completing the record.
1: The vocals that I did in at home here were, oh, that was just all of them vocals. I, we went into another studio, that a friend of ours, Paul Fing, we went into his studio and redid all the vocals again properly, you know, um, but I, I did get a, a bit of kick when lockdown came in first. Uh, I got a road, something or other, I can't, I'm really bad with gear. Um the road mic and I got some sort of interface, what's it called? It's a weak a red one. <laughs> uh focus, focus right correct them the those. scarlet something rather, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh yeah and that just basically allowed me to use Reaper which Josh Roder uses so if there's any ideas that we wanted to send to him directly, it was great to trans it transcribed directly across. Um but yeah it was just having a, a a decent microphone and a decent way of capturing my ideas. Um that was just the most most important thing because I knew. Well, firstly, we didn't know how long last lockdown was going to last. We thought it was going to be like a month, maybe two months, six months, whatever it was, you know. But it turned out to be COVID was nearly two years long. Like, and so I'm glad that I invested in the in the gear because it's something that I use for demoing all the time now.
0: What is the number one thing that you would like people listening right now to do? And that could be, I don't know, 100 jumping jacks. It could be, um, you know, obviously hitting up a particular social. This is a good place to plug. Um, you know, listen to the record. This is obviously the, I don't know, whatever you want it to be. Actually, what's the number one thing you want people listening right now to do? Give the music a
1: chance. <laughs> you know, we're we're a small band. You know, the uh, things like this are kind of the, 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 the platforms like your podcast kind of um, get our get our art or our music out to people that we probably wouldn't get it out to in in normal life. So. Um, if if anyone likes kind of like aggressive alternative metalcore or whatever way you wanted to define it, then just give it a shot. Hopefully, you connect with it.
0: Okay, so I think what you said was share the shit out of this podcast. Basically, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've yet to have somebody say that. That would be so alarmingly refreshing. Share the shit out of this interview. That's why I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Okay.
0: Very cool. Give the music a chance. Platforms. I guess is that what you guys call yourselves metalcore or whatever? Um, probably
1: because like I don't. You know, it doesn't really sound that metalcorey, but a lot of the bands that we kind of listen to as references would be metalcore bands. You know, so I'd like to say we're not metalcore. I'd like to say we're probably some sort of alternative of it. You know, um, but yeah, we're we're probably metalcore.
0: (laughs) <laughs> okay which of course is taking on all different
1: shapes and sizes these days Ooh. well that's the thing like I mean it's such a vast kind of genre now so yeah okay that's it we're, we're metalcore yeah that's it sure. sure sure why not sure sure core sure core, yeah <laughs> well
0: thank you so much for coming on to the rock metal podcast today
1: thank you very much for having me John thank you
0: and that's it for this episode of the Rock Metal Podcast. Stay tuned because next week we're going to be chatting with Adam Gontier of Saint Asonia. They've got a new album, a new tour, and Adam chats what's coming up next for Saint Asonia. Go ahead and hit subscribe in your podcast player. Share it with your friends, and I'll see you next week.